Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise this morning, would you? Let me enjoy the music today. Amen. You can be seated, and it's good to be here this morning. Amen. It's good to be able to stand up here this morning. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Well, Sister Linda finally made it back up with us again. Billy and Judy, Mike. Looks like Boot Hill Church all over again. Amen. I, I, they'll come in the evening time when the biscuits, eat the biscuits, Brother Van said. They'll all come back in the evening time. Just take a break and they'll all come back in the evening time. It's evening time. Amen. It's that gathering in time and the time of the glorification of the bride. Amen. So we welcome those on live streaming. Hopefully one of these days we can see them once again. And they're not broadcasting due to the fact that they don't want anybody to see them in church because Canada and the government is so strict. They're not sitting there 15 feet apart with a mask on, but then they'll come in and shut the church down, and we don't want that. So we thank them for being online today. And those around the country that tune in every service, we welcome them into the service this morning. It's good to be here. I'm glad to be able to be here, and you are too. Amen. We continue to pray for Brother Brown's congregation. I always said this morning, the congregation will always outlive the ministry. Amen. It's just a, just a matter of time and just a matter of sequence and order. Unless the resurrection and the rapture, rapture takes place while we're here. And those of us that are alive to be changed, then there'll always be a change of order and another cycle of growth. Amen. So always keep that in mind. And I'm keeping that more in mind the older I get because every service, you're reminded this may be the last time that you can greet the people and say something encouraging to them or say something that will stick with them through their life to further their walk with Christ. Amen. I've always questioned my ability to do it, but God has continued to do it in our simple way and hopefully will continue until we are finished our course. Amen. I always prayed to be here in the end time and be a part of the resurrection and the change of our body. That's what I've preached now for almost 40-something years. And if God grants it, we shall see this transfiguration and change while we're yet alive. We have been looking at the process, <coughs> the seven-step process. We know there's seven church ages. God does everything in sevens, perfection or completion, we say, should come in sevens. We say perfection, but we know there's nothing perfect outside of the Word and was manifested in the one perfect Son of God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There is perfection or completion, but we see a revelation that we are completed or made perfect in Him. Jesus being the original seed of which we are part of. And we watch that seed come from His death, burial, and resurrection until it repeats itself in a multi-membered form called the body of Christ. I always say this. I picture the process, and I've said it many times, because remember it's a process to glorification. Glorification is not quite immortality. Glorification is a process, and glorification is a process to express the life that was in the original seed. What I mean is this, the picture we're looking at, let's say 
Jesus we claim to be the unique Son of God. There's only one like Him. He's under the principle of Alpha and Omega because He said, I'm the beginning and I am the end. I'm the first and I'm the last. I am Alpha and the Omega. Therefore, when we see the life of God manifested in this person called Jesus, that life manifested was so unique, there's never been another one like it before it or after it. We know some of the prophets got close to manifesting the life of God, but no one outside of this created Son in the image of the invisible God ever expressed the life that produced Him in His perfect human form. Therefore, when Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. In other words, you see the life manifested in tangibility or visibility. Because you'll never see the invisible God who is life. Many times we talk about the ministry of Elijah. The ministry of Jesus duplicated. What you're looking at is a unique life going through a process and duplicating itself. So when we've seen the life of Jesus, he called himself the Son of Man, which was basically he was a literal Son of God. His very life that created him was God's own created life. Therefore, he could say, when you see me and we can look at Jesus, you can actually see the invisible God because I am manifesting the life that made me. So if I had a blackboard here and if I draw a picture, let's say, of a, a plant or a flower or a rose or any kind of one, and I brought forth and put a color and it was unique. In other words, it has special colors that no other plant could copy. You got rose and you got roses and then you got this rose. Its color was unique. Its size was unique. Its plant was unique. It was the first time that it was ever produced and saw in this way. Then it died. 2,000 years later, we see this very same rose again. And being capable of understanding the Scripture, we can look at this rose 2,000 years ago. Jesus saw the manifestation and the works that He done. When we see that same life doing exactly the same thing, same color, same discernment, same miracles, same wonders, same expression, but in a different person now. You're seeing the life of God manifested in Alpha and Omega. So what we're looking at when we say Brother Branham's ministry, all we're saying is it was the life of Jesus Christ duplicated again in human form. Many people in the message, they listen to the message token. And Brother Bam said, it's not the spirit anymore, it's the life, it's the life, it's the life, it's the life. And everybody begins to preach that it's the life. You've got to have the life, the life, the life, the life. And then they go through the do's and the don'ts and the hair and the dress and whatever more. That's not the life he's talking about. That's conduct. The life is the token. In other words, the same pillar of fire that manifested through Jesus is the same pillar of fire that's manifested through the end time prophet. So it wasn't the man Jesus you should see, it was the Father. I come to bear witness that you may see the invisible Father, which is life. 
In the end time, it's not William Branham, it's the manifestation of the Father, which was the life made or revealed through a son of man, a prophet. So we're looking at this process of glorification, because glorification is only this life manifested in a multiple form called the body of Christ. In other words, you had a seed went into the ground, it went through a process, and at the end time or harvest, you had 10,000 apples on the tree. That apple is the glory of the life in the original seed. It's the expression. You'll never see the life. Brother Bam said, you see me, but you don't see me. You only see the glory or the expression or the robe or the tangibility of the life produced. We are to be able to manifest the life that was in Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, now revealed to us, which places us in truth to manifest the life once again in bride form. If I can make that clear. So the process of glorification is only the seven-step process of this life going to the seed, coming through seven stages until it produces the Ephesian church here, it produces the Ephesian church here. It produces Jesus Christ under the ministry of Paul here. It produces Jesus Christ under the ministry of God Himself here. I am Alpha and I am Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end, saith the Lord. We are the Word in part. And every one of us, like Brother Bram said, we're not to understand or can't understand the whole Bible. That would be wonderful, but we are not uh, that have capacity. We only understand and manifest that part of the Word of which we are seeing fulfilled and manifested today. You and I are manifesting this Scripture in some form. We are either deceived, we're either make-believers, we're either possessed of demonic spirits or we're children of God. Because that's the characters you see in the end time. What we don't understand and have lost, I believe the church has lost, is the understanding of demonology as was taught in the Bible and Brother Branham's ministry. Both physically, externally, and spiritually, we have lost that ability to discern evil spirits. We used to be able to find, oh, with cigarettes, we found, oh, that's the devil, that's the devil. The devil today is dressed up as a religious, holy, sanctified individuals. They are very intelligent because they are of knowledge without understanding. There is a difference between understanding the Word and knowledge of the Word. If you've got a computer, you can gain knowledge. You can get up here and run a computer and preach sermons until you're 150 years old and never touch, get past the book of Genesis. Because you can break every word down into hundreds of sermons on and on. It's inexhaustible. So we have to understand that we are a part of the Word of God and recognize what God is doing because we are at the harvest time. And now then we are at the point of rapture or harvest 
meaning that the life or the glory of the Father has come to His final expression. We have arrived. So we're looking at this morning the seventh step in this glorification of which is we are a part of. We are one part of it or the other. If we are, let's say, shuck, which is Pentecostals, legalists, because remember in this hour, like our text says, Peter said, let's build three tabernacles, once to Moses, once to the law, and one to Jesus. Brother Bam said, see, we want to build one to the law, Moses. Some will follow the law. Some will say the prophet said, and he said then, whatever. But he said, remember, it goes right back to the word at this end time plus nothing. So we got to keep that in mind. It all comes back to the word. So we're in our seventh step in this glorification process. Remember, the glorification only brings us to the state ready now to be changed for the presentation to the bridegroom. We've got to be presented to him. I believe Brother Brown put in, I don't know, you can take it as whatever it was. He said he had a vision. And I think he was standing there, and basically they called Brother Neville's name. And Brother Neville walked up, and his wife walked up, and he said, Now enter into the joys of the Lord. And he said, I didn't know that I would have to stand there. But then he called my name. He went through different names, and he called my name. And I walked up, and one, I think one wife was on one side, one was on the other, and said, basically enter into the joys of the Lord. He said, Now I'm glad to be in the presentation with you brothers. So we don't understand exactly in that third pull, in that period of time there where we're working in the process of complete immortality, what it will be like. But we understand, according to the prophet, it will be like a wave of the Holy Spirit, a revival spirit, move wave after wave after wave around the world. And as every wave comes, that section of the sleeping saints will come up and come up, and come up, and come up, and come up, and wave after wave after wave until we're all here in a dimension. He said, but I will not understand or see the other group of the other messengers. I will only recognize and be gathered together with those of this age that I was responsible for. What a wonderful time that will be. You cannot copy it. It is greater than Pentecost. I believe it is a part of the third pull that he said, watch that little bite or the third pull when the squeeze comes down, which is religious persecution. Watch. So our third step is basically, I put it in context, some standing here which shall not taste of death until they see the Son of Man coming. Uh, I'm going to put for us in his glory. Because we look at the text here, he speaks of two different events. In Matthew 16, verses 27. Uh, you can almost dissect the Scripture and basically spend a lot of time on each verse. For it says, the, for the Son of Man. Now, how many knows who the Son of Man was? Jesus was the Son of Man. Okay, who was He? He was the only begotten Son of God. He was uniquely created in the womb of a virgin. He had to be a man because it took a man with perfect blood to redeem the body of Christ or the family. So He was uniquely the Son of God, in His incarnation at the river or His baptism, which started His adoption process now. He was recognized as the Son of God. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm pleased, or pleased to dwell in, if you want to 
uh, put it in that context, because the Logos entered his body and incarnated himself in the person of Jesus Christ, making him now the tabernacle of God in his full form. Therefore, he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God, the Logos, was dwelling in him, making him a dual person. A man in whom God, which is basically life itself, was dwelling in. Making him God, or the word manifested in flesh, now called the Son of Man. Son of Man. Jesus is the Son of Man. We could go off on a, on a uh, sidetrack. Brother Branham, are you the Son of Man? Or is the pillar of fire the Son of Man? He said, no. I am not the Son of Man. Because we know Jesus of Nazareth 2,000 years ago, He was a unique, created Son of God, Son of Man. It is not the pillar of fire. Okay, then the Son of, uh, Son of Man, He said, was not the pillar of fire. You cannot come to the Godhead one like your finger. The church must go out of here with a revelation of who Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is and who His Father is because when you see that, you can see your identification as a son and see who your Father is also because you have to be adopted into the body of Christ by the revelation called the new birth. Only sons can be reborn. In other words, you come to the recognition that you are a literal son of God. Now, what if I cannot come to that recognition? Am I lost? No. Because there are some children who was not called. We'll see that in a minute. He took three up to Mount Treasure. Not all, but some of you shall not taste of death. Some of you. The bride will not taste of death, but the foolish virgins will. Are they children of God? Yes. But they were not in the predestinated election or position to have their eyes open to express the written word in their hour. Therefore, when you come out with the Psalms 110, which is Acts chapter 2 fulfilled, when the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thee on my right hand until I make all thy enemies thy footstool, then you cannot make that one like your finger. People today still say Jesus is God. He was his own father, but they can't figure it out. No one can figure out how a man can be his own father. Jesus was not God per se. He was created a unique son of God. You and I are sons of God, but not in the way that he was because we come by natural birth and he come through a created birth. Making him the preeminent one over the kingdom, over the family of God. Now, for the son of man, Jesus now which was the very life of his father manifested in visible form. When the Bible said, no man has seen God and lives, then Jesus says, the works that I do and the words that I speak are not mine, but they are the Father who lives in me. He is doing the works. Turn the next page over, and he said, when you see me, you see the Father. In other words, when you see the works, and when you see the manifestation being done, that manifestation is making the Father known to you. Yes. 
You'll only see God by manifestation. Now, when we see this unique manifestation that Jesus had, walking on the water, discerning, breaking the bread, all those miracles, when you see that life repeat itself and do the same thing, then you have the same person on the scene. And that's what we're telling you. God Himself is here. He has proven it. And now He's in the process to bring a group of people to manifest the life, that portion that's in you, by accepting the fulfilled word of this hour. For the Son of Man, watch, which is the word or the life of God manifest, shall come. Here Jesus is speaking about 2,000 years down the road to a present group of people. The Bible is like a jigsaw puzzle. You've got to watch how you read it. He said, the Son of Man shall come. Just like he said, Elijah shall surely come. And he talked about John the Baptist was Elijah, but he said, he shall surely come. So the theologians said, well, John the Baptist was that Elijah, period. But he was that Elijah, but Elijah's promised to come again. Every person today that's preaching the rapture and that Jesus is now fixing to come, if they don't place Elijah in the scene, in the picture, with the resurrection next on the agenda, they miss the rapture. Because the rapture is a revelation of the order of life to bring you to glorification. Amen. Hardly any of us can say, when you see me, you see the Father. Because in these flesh bodies, we're far from what we call perfection. But Brother Branham said, the bride will come to that place. And must come to that place where she can say, when you see me, you see the Father. We know the messenger come to that place. Because in the seal book and question and answers, they ask him, uh, how could uh, Jesus say, uh, the Father and me doeth the works and whatever more? And Brother Bam said, you're looking at me, aren't you? In other words, when you see me, you see the Father. That's the way it was back in that day with Jesus and the Father, is same as he is in me today under a different ministry. This is Omega, the finishing up for the resurrection. Jesus' ministry was for the sleeping saints to bring a resurrection. And now the second half of that revelation must come to its end to finish up the complete Alpha and Omega of the life seed of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The whole purpose of this is what? To set up a kingdom where Jesus is the King. Without a revelation of the kingdom, you don't even understand the gospel. We get so wound up, and Brother Branham was a prophet, and what to do, and this and that, and how long our dresses, how long our hair, all these do's and don't. We get so caught up in conduct that we don't get the revelation of the process that was set before us and where we are in our day in the process. We're only one breath away from a resurrection. It is taking place now. The sleeping saints are gathering around us now. They are here. Why? Because the judge is here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So watch. The Son of Man shall come. Future tense. That's us today. Watch now. In the glory of His Father. 
Brother Bam said, it's not the pillar of fire, it's not me, it's a revelation of the Son of Man. It's coming to a revelation of who Jesus really was. For 2,000 years they've made him God, one of three gods, or a prophet, or just a good man, or Beelzebub the devil. But they have never made him this created, virgin-born, perfect seed, blood of God that atoned for sin, period. There's one atonement for sin. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. You say, how can I ever overcome sin? Put your faith in the blood. And the Holy Spirit will speak back to your faith in the blood by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He shall come in the glory of His Father, which is a pillar of fire in a prophet bringing you a revelation of Jesus the Son of Man in His Alpha. That revelation is basically Jesus today in His Omega. Jesus said, I come to reveal the Father. In other words, He come to reveal the life. God is life. God is love. God is light. You'll never see Him. I come to reveal the life of God. When you see me, you see it. This is it. <laughs> Glory to God. In the end time, Brother Branham said, He come to reveal, the Father comes to reveal the Son. In Alpha, Jesus come to reveal the Father. Because no one understood the invisible God. In the end time, the Logos, the pillar of fire, comes to a prophet and brings a revelation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Come on now, that we can see who we are as seed family to be joined by invisible union called a revelation to the bridegroom and make the body one. We are right back to word again. So in other words, he shall come in the glory of his Father. Uh, with his angels. I know that people argue over the picture of the cloud, seven angels forming a picture of Jesus Christ, whether it's an airplane, jet stream, whatever more, whatever more. But according to a prophet, it was seven angels bringing the revelation of Jesus Christ, the judge. I'm going to take that version of it, and you can argue with it to your own destruction. I'm going to stay with the prophet. Amen. Watch. And he shall... Uh, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. I didn't put it in your text. But let's look at this scripture here just for context, really. Because you go to the end of Revelation, in Revelation 22, verses 8. Now, notice. Uh, verse 7 says, Behold, I come quickly. Now, here's what we're talking about. Verse 27 is speaking about Revelation 22, 7 and 8. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, notice the wording now, when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. According to the prophet, that was the seventh church age messenger that John fell down to worship. He was transported over into this time saw the ministry of the Son of Man repeated in a human body. 
saw the life manifested again. He bowed down to worship because of the life. And the angel, which was a prophet. You see, wonder why most message people claims that Brother Branham uh, was God. They're calling him God. William Branham was not God. He was a son of God just like you and I. He had a unique calling. He was predestinated in his birth to be conscious up here where he could see visions, whatever more. He was ordained according to this word and according to Jesus himself. That Jesus said, greater works than this shall he. Down here there was someone to come at the end time that would absolutely do greater works than Jesus himself. Oh, wow, you're saying it. Greater works, that means more of the same, more wider scope, population worldwide is more of the same. In other words, the same life come right back into manifestation again to finish up the Scripture to fulfill every word in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. How is the Son of Man revealed? By manifestation of doing the same thing that Jesus done. All right, now, and shall re, uh, let me read the rest of here. Uh, and he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophets of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Verse 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. His reward now is glorification. Entering into the joys of the Lord. We call that immortality or incorruptibility. But we're looking at a process. We can't just sit still until we pop like a popcorn. That theory went out the window in the back 50s. Amen. My reward is with me. What is his reward? White robes. Rewards. Presentation, enter into the joys of the Lord, enter into your position, enter into the glory of that life, that soul that's in you, that brought you to church, paid your tithes year in and year out, kept the faith, didn't grow weary and well-doing, waiting for that seed somewhere to come forth, come forth, come forth. Many died, still waiting, and still that last one comes into manifestation. When it comes... Pop, we're going to go out of here into a different stage. We're not leaving at all. We'll be in a different cycle, in a different glory. And basically, everything going on here will be just like sitting at a table watching it going on here while we're celebrating the joys of the Lord in another dimension around the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then we'll step right back out in a form upon the ashes of this earth and build a temple and set up a kingdom reign with Jesus being the king. This earth is our inheritance. This is our home. This is where we're going to stay. Oh, I'm going to die and go to heaven. All you want to do is float around on the cloud and not do nothing. Just face it. None of us likes to work. We're born lazy. <laughs> I got in the car this morning, squeaking the old body up and one more, shaking your head. I told him, I said, how come we was born with this responsibility instinct? 
Have to be on time in a hurry. Have to meet. Can't miss this. Everything has got to be done. Got to be like the whole world will stop if we don't make our move. Praise God. Knowing all the time that you're, we're just a blimp in time. We're not accomplished nothing. We're just filling out a drama. Praise God. We're just in where we're, everybody's applauding. It don't amount to nothing. The whole process is God, God, God. And as long as we're giving glory to Jesus Christ, we'll receive glory. Once we're bragging on ourselves, beating ourselves, or whatever we're doing ourselves, it won't amount to a hill of beans. It's all Jesus. Praise the Lord. And it's all His grace. Somebody tell me that they're living good enough and tight enough, what more, that they warrant this reward of eternity. No, no way. Glory to God. I gave up on that a long time ago. I tried it for 20-something years. You fail every day. And the more you try and the stricter you get, the more you realize, hey, I'm not going to be able to fulfill this thing. And he said, finally, you're getting smart. Praise God, you're just on a treadmill, running out of air, can't breathe no longer. If you stand still, I'll dress you in the robes of righteousness and show you my grace. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Watch. And behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end and the first and the last. Blessed are they that keep my commandments, which there's no commandments to keep. It should say, blessed is he that washes his robe and has right to the tree of life. We're washed by the water of the word. Praise the Lord. That's what we're doing this morning, taking a good old bath in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, and he shall reward every man according to his works. Now, this is the presentation of the bride. The presentation. Verse 28, Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here, and this is where we're taking our last text this morning, our, our last part, which shall not taste of death. They don't die. They don't even taste of death. Which the taste of death would be going from one body to another body. In other words, if you taste of death, you go to your theophany and come back and pick up a glorified body. You take, you, you're going in a step. So they shall not taste of death. Watch now. Till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. That's different. See, now He's talking to those present tense. Up here, He's talking about the Omega group, you and I, that will see Him come in the glory of His Father. That is a pillar of fire, a ministry of the same life as the judge coming with His angels to take us before the Bema or the judgment seat of Christ to judge us and declare to us, put us on trial and declare to us, you are not guilty. In other words, you was not in that original sin you were sold into bondage through Adam, but your name was in a book. Now I come to read this book or open the book, which means to open your understanding to see the plan of God by the trail of iniquity, the trail of the serpent, and you are not deceived because we have been called out of all creeds and dogmas. They're death to us, total separation from all unbelief. We've got nothing to do with organized religion, not one iota. God hates it. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. I hate what God hates and he hates our religion because it is Satan in his deceptive doctrine and creeds. You say, well, they say the same thing about us. We all got a Bible, but we all got a little different understanding of what it says. 
I watched come down a show that somebody's talking about uh, two preachers talking, and the, there's a black man and a white man, and this white man, he was expounding his theory, and this black man said, well, now watch. Then who has got the true interpretation that we're going to be fixed to know who's really telling us the truth on these matters? Well, the white man said, well, we, got a, we went to college. We got these DDDs. We got the great scholars. We got so-and-so. But he said, we all teach the same thing with just a little different tilt on it. In other words, every one of them are in the same era, E-R-R-O-R. It started in Nicene with a creed, three gods. Come on, three gods. We are not... Wait, idolaters. There's only one God. Oh, well, the same as God said, there's only one. All right, then explain to him what? Well, we believe one God and three persons. <laughs> right back to the same lie again. And they don't realize now that that is demonic power controlling their mind by knowledge. They have no understanding or revelation. There'll be some here that will not stay, uh, taste death. Now watch. Here it says, The Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father, and with His holy angels, and He shall reward every man according to His works. Here in present tense, He's talking to a group, and He said, There'll be some standing here which shall not taste death until they see the Son of Man, same Jesus now, coming in His kingdom. At the end time, we see Him coming in the glory of His Father. At that time, they seen him coming into his kingdom, which if you read the whole story, Matthew 17, 1 to about 6 or 7, you understand it was Mount Transfiguration where Jesus was absolutely placed in authority as the Son of God with complete authority over the kingdom. This is my beloved Son, hear ye him. And when they looked, they saw Jesus only, which is what? Right back to the Word again. Now, till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, that is adoption. Jesus was recognized as the Son of God at His water baptism. He was tested as the Son of God in His temptation. He was placed in authority at the end of His ministry on Mount Transfiguration. Now, Brother Branham said, Now I firmly believe Jesus to be the Son of God. Now, that's a big statement because you hear Brother Bram saying over and over and over that Jesus was the capital W-O-R-D, which is a person which was God. And then you hear him say, if you make Jesus the capital W-O-R-D in John 1, 1, you got three gods. So, we got a problem. So, we see here that there is a promise in the 28th verse to the ones that Jesus was speaking to, we see it was absolutely fulfilled about seven or eight days later in Matthew 17, 1 to 3. Let's read that. After six days. Now remember, everything is a prefigure or a type. We can say after seven church ages on the seventh watch, seventh stage, seventh step, after six days, which is seven. Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John. And Brother Bram said, now the back said, there's three that bear record in heaven. And he said, here was faith, Peter, hope, James, and love, which was John. 
There's three to bear record. Faith, hope, and love. And bringeth them up into an high mountain apart. That word bringeth is a little unusual. It says beareth up, taketh up. It doesn't mean that they walked up there or hiked up there. It represented or presents to the mind that Jesus translated them up there or they found themselves there. Brother Bam said, I woke up and I thought I was dead. If I found myself over here looking around. He saw the living saints. He looked back and there was his body. Look, folks, we live and serve a supernatural God. He is very supernatural. The spirit realm is more real to him than the physical realm. Because he doesn't look at the flesh. He only hears your words. Which is spirit. Amen. He bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Which absolutely speaks of a translation. Or I'd rather call it a transformation. A transfiguration by the renewing of the mind. Once the mind is renewed. In other words, brought up to a higher plane. Repent means what? Change your thinking. Think higher. Think on a different plane. Don't keep along with the same church energy. Come on up a little higher. Get your mind up here on things above, not on things below. <laughs> Amen. We're now sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Brother Bam said, what is heavenly places? When you gather together in a building and hearing the Word of God, you are sitting in heavenly places in the Word. Praise be to God. And we are, that's true worship. When you can sit here and open your hearts and mind and the Word kind of feeds your soul a little bit and you come a little closer and a little closer to understanding that God has everything under His control and you're a part of it. That'll give us true worship and true faith in God. Yes, sir. And he was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, his raiment was white as, as light. And if you compare that with Revelation 1.14, you see the same figure brought out. Verse 3, And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah, or Elias, talking with him. I wonder what they were talking about. Now, if I was super spiritual, I could figure out what they were saying. But I'm not. This speaks to an order. Watch. He shows an order of the process to glorification. He's showing an order for after the end time ministry. The Son of Man revealed again. Luke 17, 30. It has been done. We are past the revealing of the Son of Man as far as time is concerned. Revelation 10, 1-7 has been fulfilled. The seals, the veil has been taken off of false religion. Because it was the trail of iniquity. The white horse, I've seen, I think these people, I don't know who that was, 
I was reading it, and they thought they believed the message. I don't know. And they said, we understand and know that the white horse in Revelation was Jesus Christ. Well, Brother Branham did preach that whole thing in about an hour and a half sermon until the angel of the Lord come and opened the book and said it was not Christ. It was the Antichrist. It was a trail of iniquity. Not the trail of immortality or glorification. It was the trail of deception. Because as Jesus, the Son of Man, sowed the seed, seed in Matthew 13, here come a wicked one right behind him. Followed in 1 Corinthians, those Pentecostals. Come up with another Jesus, another leadership with gifts of the Holy Spirit and whatever more and whatever more. But Peter said, my gospel is the only one that's been approved by Almighty God. Amen. Remember, Paul didn't have discernment now, so there's one coming greater than Paul. Watch. So we see what we see is a process taking place. And the pro after the end time ministry of the Son of Man, the next step in the process of 1 Thessalonians 4.16 is the voice, the shout, and the trump. The next step is absolutely the resurrection of the body of Christ. And then the presentation or the catching away. Resurrection speaks to the sleeping saints. That's what Moses represented. I'll read you a quote here in just a few minutes. Resurrection speaks to the sleeping saints and the rapture speaks to the transformation process of those that are living now finished at the end time Elijah ministry it is now finished ready for the presentation we are now ready for the presentation we have had our robes washed white as snow you say well, oh boy you don't know what I'm I know what the scripture says I'm not interested, per se, in what you think that you're doing and you are doing. I'm only interested in what the prophet's message, according to the fulfilled word, tells you that you are if you will believe it. You must believe it. If the Bible said the blood made you perfect in the sight of God, then I am perfect through the blood in the sight of Jesus Christ, our God Himself. Come on now. Well, I've seen you. Do, I'm not interested in what you see. I'm not even interested in what this devil up in my mind telling me that I'm missing or not doing or I did do. Well, that attitude wasn't good. Oh, you shouldn't have thought that. Well, you devil, you put the thought up there. Who you think put the thought up there? Boy, I'm a bad person. I shouldn't have thought that. No, it's the devil. That's who put the thought up there. So instead of saying, oh, I'm a bad person. I must not be saved. That's a lying devil too. Why don't you say, get behind me, Satan. I am the sanctified word of Almighty God. I have rep recognized the word in this hour, and he put you on the run, and you're still on the run. We have seen the kingdom of God come as the finger of God casting out devils. Amen. Here's Brother Branham in, in a paragraph. Watch, he said, now, this is an old quote here. Time's up. Brother, sister, in the name of the Lord. I don't know why people can't grasp this. What am I trying to say to you? And in 65, he said he still 
didn't get it across. I don't know why they can't see this. That God who came out in the old days and led the church of God out of Egypt, the bondage into freedom, has come down again in the same manner. Now, if you believe that's true, then that means that a pillar of fire come down here with a prophet to lead us out of the bondage of deception into the liberty of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. By the same method, same pillar of fire, same means of communication, a prophet. Well, I don't believe in a prophet. You will never know how to worship God. You'll never understand God, and you'll never hear from God except through a prophet. Period. That's the reason the religious world are going to pot. They don't realize that they're under sorcery of this new age psychology, positive confession, and mental attitudes of hogwash, and that's nothing but a devil. Come on. It's all psychology. Oh, I'm going to tell you a little story this morning. Listen to David Jeremiah. He's a good storyteller. When he got through telling a story about whoever, Samson, David, or whoever more, all you got is a good story, and it may make you feel good, or it may not make you feel good. But you don't know no more who you are and what this Bible's talking about than nothing. But when a prophet comes down and takes the Word of God and stands right before you and says, Thus saith the Lord, get out of these clothes, quit smoking your cigarettes, stay out of the bars. Oh, oh, I can't take that. That's hard. No, it's not hard preaching. It's the love of Almighty God sanctifying you, ready to present you holy to Christ. Come on now, church. Lord, have mercy. Watch, he said, now watch. In the same manner, by the Holy Spirit, first, out of the bondage of sin first. In other words, unbelief in the revealed word. Sin is unbelief. Smoking, drinking, cussing, whatever more. I'm not, I'm not responsible for what these sinners out here do. Brother Van said they can smoke, drink, what more, as long as they don't get noise in my face or bother me. It don't make, it don't make a bitter difference. Why? They're sinners. What difference does it make what you do if you're a sinner? Oh, well, I shouldn't kill. What's the difference in killing, smoking, lying, stealing, cheating? What, what's the difference? You're, you're a sinner. You need salvation. You need deliverance. Well, how do I get it? Everybody's going to all these lectures and what more. Positive thinking, walking on coals of fire and all, all souped up, souped up. They need deliverance, praise God. How are you going to get delivered? By the Word of God. There's only one way of truth, life, and deliverance. That is Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, the Son of God. Amen. Without Him, we're nothing. Yes, sir. To lead his church spiritually out of bondage of sin first. By the Holy Spirit. Sickness next. Hemi is stuck in stage two. I'm not sick, but I sure got a few afflictions I like to get rid of. I tell you what the problem is. I'm going to be like these Democrats out here. I'm going to blame it on you. If you love me enough and you pray for me enough, I wouldn't be afflicted. It's not my responsibility. That's your responsibility. Don't squirm on you because that's what you think about me. Come on. If I'd done better, preached better, whatever more, you wouldn't have the problems that you're having. Well, I'm going to turn it around. If you'd pray more and be more dedicated, I wouldn't have the problems that I'm having either. 
I'm going to blame it on you. Lord, step on them, move them, squeeze them a little bit. And the third step is to go into glory. That's not flying away somewhere. That's going into glory, which is the life, your token coming into manifestation in my life and your life to the degree that is possible. How is our life manifested? Simply by saying, Amen to the Word of God. That's nothing but the truth. So help me, God. That's your manifestation. Believing the Word of God. He said, now watch. There's the third step. Take this mortal. Make it immortality. The transfiguration of the human bodies to transform them into the perfect image of the Son of God. In other words, this end-time body of believers will be the same apple that the original apple was in a multiplied form. Here's another quote to give you a little insight on our text. John called and summoned by the Lord Jesus, promised by God, back there that he would, uh, he, that he would see the coming of the Son of Man. Peter, James, and John, and them standing present, when Jesus spoke to them and said, There are some standing here will not taste death, until they see the Son of Man coming. He didn't say all was standing there, but some, which is only three of them. And they went, and they went a few days after that, and saw the order of the resurrection rehearsed. There you are. Now there's your interpretation of the Scriptures we're reading. They saw the order of the resurrection rehearsed, and the coming of the Lord. You've got to watch that word, coming of the Lord. Everybody said, well, that's the rapture. That's the coming of Jesus. The coming of the Lord is Revelation chapter 19. The coming of the Lord is when Jesus, the glorified man, with his bride, glorified saints, come back, according to Revelation 19, and walk out upon the ashes on this earth. That's the coming of the Lord. Jesus never steps foot here on earth until Revelations 19. The bride by God Himself coming down through a shout, voice, and trump, we'll read it just in a few minutes, takes us through a process which is resurrection, metamorphosis, transformation of the renewal of the mind, puts us positionally placed in Scripture for the resurrection, presentation, and the marriage supper of the Lamb. We go to Jesus. He does not come down here to us. We meet Him in the air. Come on now. So when the bride message preaches, I heard two or three of them this past week, oh, we're looking for the rapture. We're looking for the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. And He's already come according to Scriptures, and you missed it. Missed it. He said, now watch. Moses represented the dead saints. And be resurrected. Elijah represented the translated church. Remember, Moses was first. Another resurrection will become before our change now. And then Elijah, which will be the rapture message and resurrection. Elijah was to be the messenger of the last day. That with him and his group would come the rapture. The rapture is a revelation of the process of glorification. 
I mean, it's following now. You say, well, I thought the rapture is when we fly away. The rapture is a revelation of the Word. Therefore, when you understand, that's different than the knowledge. Now, when you understand the order, every step in its order, every one of us this morning should be aware that it is possible and more likely than not that we will see sleeping saints appear among us in this building this morning because the resurrection is that near into its manifestation. Show me one scripture that has to be fulfilled before we see the sleeping saints. There's not one. Amen. So he said, and there both of them represented right there. And while, they were, and while they noticed then, Peter said, let's build three tabernacles. <laughs> Glory to God. Now remember, that's according to this end time. This Spirit's going to repeat in the end time. Let me see if I can pick it up. Let some go under the law. Under Elijah ministry, 90% of them went under the law. The reason why we are ostracized and not recognized to be a part of the ministry of William Branham is because they do not feel like we fulfill the law. The law means you sisters got to have dresses down to your ankles. You've got to look a certain way. Men's got to look a certain way, talk a certain way, what they call church order. So you got some under the law. Let some go under Elijah. Prophet said, prophet said, prophet said, that's all they know. And let's go, some of them, this way. To me, that's the bride. Let some of us go this way. Follow the pillar of fire. Don't keep going back and putting roses on a tomb Come up here because we are the rose now blooming into harvest time to make up the bouquet of Almighty God. Praise God. Help me understand who you are this morning. You say, well, I can't see it. I can't. Then ask God to take the blinders and scales off our eyes that we can see. And while they were yet speaking, while we're yet preaching these things, right in the middle of church, praise God, they looked and they seen Jesus only, everything else wilted and went out of the picture. Brother Branham will go out of the picture, the law will go out of the picture, organization will go out of the picture. When this squeeze comes down and our minds are finally cleared of all dogmas and creeds, and the seed becomes ripened, we won't see nothing but the Word and the Word only. Amen. They seen Jesus only, everything had wilted into one. And he was the light, the truth, the way, the Lord, what more? Then in your notes, if you follow, I'll give you 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, which also gives you the three-step process. Now watch. Verse 16, for the Lord himself, that is not Jesus. That is not Jesus. That is the Logos, pillar of fire, God. Now God has to be spirit in life. It has to be in a form to be recognized to be seen and to gain attention. He has to come in a form. To do that, he has to use a man. Some man. Somewhere there's got to be a man. Are you following? 
So they got to be somewhere. In other words, the Bible says there's going to be an Elijah somewhere that will absolutely manifest the life of God and turn my heart back to the revelation of Jesus Christ being the Son of God, my Redeemer with His perfect blood. Praise be to God. Watch. So what are we looking at? Voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. Notice the order. What I'm preaching is trying to see the order of the process. The Elijah ministry comes and calls out a group of people of Revelation 18, 1 to 4, come out of her, my people. I'll pour out my spirit upon my sons and my daughters at the end time. God's got a unique group in there somewhere. He's going to gather them together around the message of the hour. We call it that way. But it's absolutely the understanding of the Word of God. He'll gather them together in small groups around the world. We may think we're alone here. We're not alone in the Revelation. There are other groups gathered together under the same revelation that we're preaching this morning. We're not alone. We may not know them. We may not who know who they are or what they are or where they are, what I mean. But they're gathered around the same revelation of the appearing of the pillar of fire, manifested through a prophet, bringing me their revelation of iniquity so I'm not deceived anymore and I've separated myself from all unbelief right back to the open book, the Bible. Yes, sir. So he gathers a group of people and he places them under teaching ministry of the Holy Ghost, bringing them through a process of their minds, their confession, making them ready for the presentation. Glory to God. Until we're ready to be presented, the living, the sleeping saints are hindered or waiting for the living to come to harvest or to the revelation of the life being here now, Jesus plus nothing, so they can come and be joined together with us to make up the seven-stage process, the seven-layered body of Christ, the Word. Amen. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord. And now that Lord there to meet the Lord. Now the Lord that comes down is not the Lord that they meet in the air. The Lord that comes down is Theos, is God himself in the pillar of fire. The Lord we meet in the air is the glorified Jesus Christ, our mediator, our intercessor that is sitting on the throne of God at this very moment. He said, Brother Gregory, you're preaching two gods. I am not. I'm preaching one God and one unique son and a plan bringing us to his kingdom. So, amen. So, the last thing to transpire is that a portion, um, boy, it's getting late. I'm sorry, just a minute. That a portion of the virgin bride will not taste death but walk into immortality. Now, how did this end-time believer achieve her virginity? Karen, y'all want to come? I didn't know it was that late. Took too much time. Boy, I got to enjoy myself so much I run out of time. Amen. I should be able to feel that 
Time's up, Brother Greg, but I didn't feel that too much this morning. That's all right. How do we achieve this virginity? How many thinks that you're the virgin, perfect, sinless bride of Jesus Christ? I think I am because he said I was, and that's the only reason. I'm not using this guy here at all. My soul come from God. That's what I firmly believe. She did not attain this lofty position only by recognizing the end-time messenger. People are using the theme, I understand who Brother Branham was, therefore makes me bride. Mm-mm. Man, I've run into a lot of devils that understood who Brother Branham was. Like they said, Brother Branham I know, Paul I know, but who are you, wise guy? You hadn't seen too many message followers or churches cast out demons. And the identification of the kingdom of God, which that means you understand the kingdom of God and be a part of it, has the authority to cast out demons. Then why isn't it being done? We just had an affair, what, last year? Y'all know it. Demons spoke through several of the brothers. You don't have the right to cast me out. That demon must have been telling the truth because they didn't. Why? You've got to answer the reason why. Because the message of this hour, being a Holy Ghost believer, even a minister handling the Word, has the authority to cast out devils. Then how come we can't do it? Somewhere in our teaching, in our minds, there's an error. There's an error somewhere. And that error will cut your authority off over demonic power. Amen. So first, she has a foundational revelation, this end-time bride. And we'll stop here. Just about, just give me back. I'll go to the next scripture and we'll fill. She has a foundational revelation of Jesus Christ of who he was. By the fulfilling of the word in Revelation 10, 1 to 7, we now, by the grace of God, have the perfect identification of Jesus Christ, the manifested word. That portion that sets before us, we understand to be fulfilled to the letter. If 99% of the Bible was fulfilled to the letter, this one-tenth of one percent of someone standing here shall not taste death. But we shall be changed while we're standing right here. We shall not die, but we shall live. We shall be changed. Praise be to God. Why? Because of a revelation of the blood plus nothing. Will there ever be a group to come to the perfect revelation of the blood? A small group, according to the prophet, who believes and follows and are brought to that stage by Malachi 4, 5, and 6. In other words, we are called out 
now we have sat in the presence of God, the teacher, the Holy Ghost himself, and he has absolutely, by the renewing of our minds, brought us to the seven-stage process, now understanding iniquity, understanding the Godhead, proper water baptism, seeing the end product as a kingdom, knowing who we are, we stand here as the finished product of the life of Almighty God. Praise be to God. Don't try to comprehend it. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to equal up to it. Have any part of it. Just say, I believe it. That's what it said. Put your hands in the lives of God. Lower yourself down. Lower my pride down. Lower my ambitions down. And say, I'm in the hands of Almighty God. Yes, sir. In other words, this end time bride dies to her own ideas. She dies to creeds and dogmas. Forfeits her rights. Picks up her cross as Mrs. Jesus Christ. When you pick up your cross and declare that you're married to the revealed word. And through your bridegroom, you are now made the virgin of the word. Not like a Catholic turning you back. You are now the virgin of the word. Your soul never sinned in the first place. And now by John 1 and 1. The pillar of fire, being here with thus saith the Lord, now brings us to the stage of presentation. The bride has made herself ready, and we're now to be presented by the resurrection presentation to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Of which, then I'll go into in our notes, which Jesus gives us in type to Jonah. We could take Jonah and preach a whole sermon. That's the end time message. So let's stand this morning. And I didn't get all the way there, but you've got the notes, and hopefully you'll read them. There is a repeating theme that I keep bringing forth and bringing forth and bringing forth. And that is the understanding of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and God His Father, according to the Scriptures. Uh, the next day, I don't know, I, I, always, I put it in your notes, I don't get to it, then I don't back up and get it, so I leave out some good points here that we should get, but if you go to Acts 2, verses 22, where Peter says, Peter was given the identification of who Jesus was, right? If he was given the revelation of who Jesus was, then whoever Peter says Jesus was, that should be who he was. This Jesus hath God raised up, thereof we are all witnesses. This Jesus that God has raised up. Uh, language tells me there's a difference between God and the one that he raised up. Jesus did not raise himself up. And God can't die. Jesus was flesh and blood. God cannot be flesh and blood. And you can go on and on and on and on. The Bible teaches me there is one God who had one unique son, the man, Jesus of Nazareth, who become our second Adam that redeemed us by his blood and raised us, therefore, to be a part of this process called immortality. Acts 2.22, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, 
a man approved of God, then these sermons we're hearing where Jesus was God and not a man, there's something wrong in that sermon. Jesus wasn't man, he was God. According to the scriptures, Peter, who knew who Jesus was, was given the keys to the kingdom because of that revelation, said, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him. Who done the miracles? God. How did he do it? By the man Jesus. All right, we got a prophet. Who done the miracles? God. By William Branham, a prophet. By you, so-and-so. By Bill Jones. By whoever a miracle come. It's by so-and-so. But who does it? God does it. Which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself also know. I put a little comment in there to make a distinction. We notice here that Peter does not preach that Jesus was God in a human form. Then why should we preach that? He does not call him a God-man. Even though they even know that God was in the man. He does not credit Jesus for creating the worlds. But a man approved of God by miracles and wonders and signs that God did through him. Remember, Peter was the one given the revelation of who Jesus was. That revelation must come to its perfection in the end time bride. Because it will be a revelation of Jesus. The understanding of his coming kingdom as king over that kingdom, which that's the next step. Repentance or the change of mind and water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for remission of your sins. And by the resurrection provided for us the ability to be born again by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Without the resurrection, there will be no new birth, no baptism of the Holy Ghost, no kingdom, no future, nothing. We're of all men most miserable. But we are privileged people in this hour that has been allowed to the tree of life. Listen, brother, sister. And we have been feeding on the tree of life, and our understanding is being enlightened. We are being transformed or transfigured into the very image of the invisible God. That's exactly what's taking place in the lives of believers in this hour. How many loves the Lord this morning? Praise God. What are we going to say? Beautiful daughter, amen. Call to the ministry, praise God, has to be here, whether she wants to be or not, just like her daddy, amen. You're talking about being blessed when God gives you a daughter for a piano player, where I don't have to worry about running off with a piano player. You know, most preachers get in trouble with the piano player or the musicians. I don't know why that is. I guess the piano player falls in love with the preacher. I don't know what it is. But so she, she loves me, but that's all right. She prays for her daddy every day, and she see her daddy getting a little older, a little older. But one of these days, I'm going to be young again, and she'll be a little young, and we'll all be the same age. Amen. I just pray to God that we're standing here in shoe leather when we see that glorious appearing in that presentation of our beloved bridegroom. Amen. How many wants to see Jesus? 
Amen. That's all we want to see is Jesus. I want to see Jesus, and I think we'll be allowed to see him one of these days. What are we going to say? See the bright light.